Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already and leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find this show. Today, we'll gain an insider's perspective on what it's like to run a corporate foundation. We have Lisa George joining us from Australia. She is the global head of the Macquarie Group Foundation. We'll learn about their generous match giving program, the software tools they use to track their impact across the whole of the organization and their 18,000 employees, their grant making and key thematic areas. And we'll also find out about Lisa's trajectory from India to the US to Australia, her passion for what she does. She's been with Macquarie now for 12 years and get her take on where the philanthropy landscape in Australia is heading. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Lisa as much as I enjoy producing this episode for you. It's always an absolute pleasure to bring you some wonderful case studies week after week, and I invite you to tell your friends, family, and colleagues about the show so they can benefit from this insight as well. Without further ado, Lisa, a big heartfelt welcome onto the Do One Better podcast. I'd love to start by finding out about the Macquarie Group and the Macquarie Group Foundation. What's it all about? Thanks so much, Alberto. It's great to be with you. Um, evening here for me and I know daytime for you in, in the UK. So yeah, so I'm, I'm the global head of the Macquarie Group Foundation. It's a huge privilege to, to have this role and, um, and to work in our foundation. So Macquarie Group is a, a um, diversified financial services group. We work in 33 markets around the world, um, doing a lot of things that people would associate with a financial services group. So asset management, investment banking. We also have a, a, a large and growing retail presence in Australia only. And, um, and what's interesting about Macquarie as a company is that we've had a foundation since the company was first started. Uh, we were actually originally um, an Australian um, offshoot of a UK merchant bank called Hill Samuel. And that, that was originally in 1969 was when we were originally established. And uh, the decision was taken to establish a charitable arm as, at the same time. So I think that that's something that's quite unusual to have a, a corporate foundation um, established alongside the company itself. And I think that that's been the secret to our success over, over the last 50 years or so of, of the history of the, of the company. Excellent. And it is unusual. Normally you see the, the corporate subsequently launching a foundation, uh, but seldom concurrently, occasionally the other way around, but that's even more um, rare. And I know one of the things that you guys are really big on, on the foundation side and the group more broadly, is a sort of employee engagement. And that's an area that really we're keen to explore and learn more about. And you're you're very generous with the sort of matched giving levels that you that you do. So if one of your employees gives money, you match that and you match it up to, if I'm not mistaken, fifty thousand Australian dollars a year. Um, how many people do you have working for the group? Uh, we we we're we're just just over eighteen thousand employees. So every every employee gets a fifty thousand um, dollar, you know matching allowance if you like um, every year and of course not everyone uh, takes who takes us up to that that amount but it is we you know as far as we know quite generous by company matching standards so it is a key part of our employee engagement um, 
Uh, and, you know, it is, we, we do much more than, than uh, give financially, and we can talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But the employee engagement um, side of things was, again, goes back to the founding of, of the company and, and of, of the foundation. So the thing about Macquarie is it's a very bottom-up organization. We, um, we really pride ourselves on ideas coming from all parts of the organizations, not just top-down. And that ethos was um, embedded into the foundation very early on. So employee engagement um, was seen as a core part of just a core part of who we are as a company. And so it made sense for that to be part of our corporate philanthropic approach. So I think the matching was introduced quite early on as well, well over 20 or so years ago, one of the probably one of the first in Australia anyway. Um, but really that that ethos of employee engagement of giving back both um, time, treasure and talent um, uh, was was something that was really important to um, the founders of Macquarie and David Clark was the founding chairman of the of both um, of the foundation but also instrumental in setting up Macquarie and he really believed in this idea of um, of engaged philanthropy of people being engaged um, both with their you know um, dollars as well as as well as, as other skills and talents. That's great. That's great. And the foundation. So you you have the foundation. Uh, That's right. Give us a little bit of a flavor for the work uh, that you yeah. guys are supporting. Any thematic areas, geographic areas. So we've grown from a, a I suppose a small Australian foundation um, over the years to now a global foundation. So as I said, Macquarie as a company operates in thirty three markets around the world, and um, our foundation covers that footprint as well. So my team. Um, sits in six countries covering uh, covering our various regions and, and countries in those regions. And our you know our job is really primarily to um, engage our staff, as I said. So our, what our teams are really involved in in helping staff, um, engaging our staff through um, whatever whatever they're interested in, but then also kind of helping them think through how to engage their fellow colleagues, et cetera. We also have a large um, strategic grant-making program, um, as, as most foundations would have as well. Um, that has a large staff engagement element to it as well, but it's focused on economic and social mobility uh, primarily, and that looks and feels different in each region. Uh, so we have a, a large program of grants, special grants and strategic grants, um, and then we we recently started um, a new impact investing program as well. So as a financial Great. institution, you know we have, we've been thinking a lot about how we can deploy different forms of capital besides um, philanthropic grants to have a greater impact. Excellent. And on that last point, the uh, the impact investing side of it is that done through the foundation? Is that part of the group? Is it intertwined with both? Yeah, so it's it's through the foundation and it's an allocation from the group. So just to give you a, si a sense of the size of our giving, so last financial year, our um, between the foundation and our employees, we contributed forty four million Australian dollars to um, community organisations. So that was a combination of matching our grants, um, some of our. Um, We have some special grants programs as well for our 50th anniversary, Macquarie's 50th anniversary. In 2019, we announced a $50 million philanthropic commitment. 
Um, and then on top of that or separate to that now, uh, Macquarie has allocated $20 million to the foundation for the next um, few years to allocate for impact investing on top of that. Great. Now, you do have a wealth advisory side, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, in Australia. Yes, In Australia. Um, and through the, uh, the philanthropy side, uh, is that also, are those conversations with clients that happen? Yeah, so they, they happen in a targeted fashion. So as, as clients come to their advisors in our, in our wealth advisory business asking for advice, you know, sometimes we get asked, how does the foundation approach things like, screening, you know, due diligence, screening um, nonprofits, how do we how do we think about impact reporting? Um, and we will have those conversations, you know, more one-on-one with with clients, certainly on the on the wealth side. So it's it's definitely a a growing area, just more generally in Australia, kind of high net worth giving and and structured giving in in, in philanthropy. Yeah. I know there's a lot of philanthropy happening in Australia. It just seems to be getting stronger and stronger. And we've had quite yes. a few interesting guests from your neck of the woods on the show uh, very recently, actually. Tell me a little bit of, uh, on something that you mentioned earlier on the grant-making side. The, um, you, you, you noted that thematically speaking, uh, economic and social mobility is an area of particular yes. interest to you. Um, what does that look like? So what are the sort of things that you guys are backing on that front? Yeah, so in each region, we, we um, take a slightly different approach. So in Australia... Uh, we have been focusing on education and employment, primarily for 15 to 24-year-olds, so young adults um, and, and young adults who have been um, left behind for whatever reason, you know, either um, due to socioeconomic disadvantage um, or other structural barriers. Um, and that's so we, we, you know, we've supported organizations working in Indigenous education or um or um, organizations that are looking at the ecosystem of how how do we help kind of address at a systemic level um, better access to education. Um, in the U.S., it's, it's different. It's about college uh, access and career attainment for first-generation um, college students. Um, so that is very, very specific, very targeted around getting kids into college, but then helping them stay um, into col- in college. And so we've, you know, we've worked with a range of um, organizations uh, in the U.S., in New York, in Philadelphia, in Houston, in Jacksonville. Those are the locations where our, okay. our offices are, where our staff are engaged. And so we work with organizations primarily where our staff can also um, be involved. Mm. Is it difficult to find those different uh, grantees or partner organizations? Because, like you said, you're in 33 different markets. Um, and I imagine your team is not huge, right? I mean, you must have. Well, the beauty is we have over 18,000 employees as well to leverage. Right. So um, my team is quite small. We're, uh, we're a lean team, as, as we often say. But we have, you know, really have learned to leverage the, the broader organization. And I think that's where the staff engagement um piece really, really matters because our staff know that, um, well, A, there's the matching. So they, we, we often have, you know, great information as to what organizations our staff are involved in. Uh, and B, they're, they, you know, they want to know how else the foundation can help if they're passionate about a particular organization. So I would say uh, typically pipeline is not a issue for us uh, and we are we are also actively looking in the market so we, we we will often commission research as to 
you know, what organizations are addressing particular gaps in, you know, say education or employment for young people and um, look for targeted organizations that we might, you know, might not know of. And then usually we will seek to build staff engagement if it makes sense into, into that, um, you know, that relationship. Great. The staff engagement side, and I think we, we touched on it a little bit earlier, uh, maybe before before we click the record button, actually, but uh, there's more than one way that somebody can give and financially, but also you could volunteer and provide your expertise. And how how would you characterize your employee engagement, as it were? I mean, what yeah. are the sort of things that you're looking at and you think, wow, that's really inspirational. That's really remarkable. Absolutely. And I think we're we're often trying to share the message that um, whilst money is very important for nonprofits, we all know that. I've worked on the nonprofit side myself. I know how, exactly how important that is. And a lot of my team have. Um, I think that it's very valuable. And we hear from our, our partners how valuable it is when our staff give of their time and their, and their um, skills. So we've had so many, you know, different examples. I mean, there's, there's, there's the volunteering that happens, you know, once a week, perhaps at a school level, um, through to mentoring um, kids that are going through high school or transitioning to college. Um, we have lots of skill volunteering that takes place. We, we've got, you know, we're not just bankers. We've got people with risk management skills that can help organizations think about their risk management framework, cybersecurity experts. We have geologists and meteorologists and people who can um, really do more than just financial analysis. And um, often, you know, a, a nonprofit will come to us with a challenge that they're thinking, you know, thinking through. And a lot of what my, my team do is help to matchmake, find the right skills um, within our staff uh, base in that particular location and see if we can be if we can be helpful. And then we have more structured programs. So we have a great um, you know a great program in the UK where we put teams of people together with a small nonprofit on a longer term project and we really um, work with them on 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 that type of project. And we've done similar things with social very early stage social enterprises in Australia. And like I said, mentoring and internship programs um, in the U.S., in India, and in lots of different lots of different places. And our staff really love it. I think um, you know we hear a lot about how rewarding it is, how much they they enjoy um, giving their time, as much as uh, as hard as it is. We all you know we all struggle to find time. I think, but I think people find it very rewarding. Excellent. How do you track everything? So we covered, you know, we covered mm. the sort of thematic area that you guys are, are focused on, the grant making, the matched funding, and the, the, the sheer size that you have at the group and the foundation. But how do you then keep track of everything, making sure that that hopefully things are going in the right direction, that your employees are engaged and ideally engaged um, at an increasing level year after year? Do you use any particular software or platforms? or Because I know that that's something that a lot of the folks who have been on the show on the corporate sustainability side, sustainable business, corporate foundations, they, um, they're interested in, they struggle with, and I'd love to get your take on it. And we struggled um, you know, with it for years. I think we, we were very paper-based and spreadsheet-based. And uh, you know, we, we did a lot of things 
for years, we actually ma- did our own match giving in-house. We, we would process thousands of applications and, and cut physical checks. And, you know, then we moved to, you know, sending, sending uh, you know, doing everything electronically. Um, so we have, we have come a long way. But one thing that has helped is we have, we have implemented a software system. It's been a few years. Um, this is a, not, a, not, a, a, not a commercial plug, I promise. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not taking commission for any of this, but the, pro- the software we use is um, by a company called Benevity, and um, it's a North American-based uh, company. I think a lot of com- corporate foundations use them for their staff engagement platforms. And it really has helped us um, track and measure exactly what you're talking about, kind of year-on-year trends. It's helped us see that through COVID, engagement has dropped. You know, that I think that's something um, certainly that a lot of companies have noticed because people have been locked, uh, have been locked down and unable to get out and volunteer and give in, in the same way. So that um, having that platform has really helped us pinpoint um, locations, levels of staff, um, what our staff engagement levels um, are doing, and and then we can we can run specific targeted campaigns or tweak our existing programs to try and get those, you know, get those levels back up. Because we know that the foundation is a really important engagement tool, just general engagement tool for our employees. And so we want to to harness that as much as possible. So that's how we do it. Um, And I'm sure other companies have platforms. It works for you. And uh, presumably it helps you also put together those, uh, annual reports, right? Just to make sure that exactly. you're able to quantify <laughs> what's happening. Exactly. 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 The the employees themselves, I imagine not every single person is involved in giving or, or volunteering, but um, but for those who do, and I imagine it's a big percentage of your workforce, uh, from a human resources perspective, from a, an incentives and uh, intrinsic motivation side of things i imagine it's quite um quite a fruitful exercise to be to ensure that you have this sort of program within the within the group and and uh, established uh, throughout absolutely i think uh, i think before covid we were close to 30% engagement so 27 28% engagement um and i think you know that's it's, it's a somewhat um, imprecise number as well, because sometimes you, you do a fundraiser and you might engage more staff than are captured by that, by that percentage. So I'm pretty confident that it's, it's, you know, a lot of staff are involved in some way. It might be light touch or, or you know, just getting the email and making a, making a donation. Um, we do hear, you know, we hear through our staff survey. So we, we survey our employees. I think now it's, it's done annually. And there is always a couple of questions on our foundation. And that's one way that we also track, I suppose, sentiment and how people, um, you know, feel that they can uh, understand the foundation and take advantage of the benefits. Um, and so that's something that we're always um, tracking and, and keeping an eye on. And then we hear, you know, those lovely anecdotal stories of, you know, um, I joined Macquarie and, um, you know, because I, I heard about this, this great foundation or I stay, I stay at Macquarie because I love the work that I get to do through the community and that the foundation supports me. Um, or, you know, that's one of the reasons that I stay at Macquarie, et cetera. So we do hear 
lovely anecdotes like that. And, and when people leave the organization, one of the things I do often hear is I miss the foundation. So <laughs> that's nice too. I mean, w- one of the things I, I, I have heard repeatedly is that uh, Macquarie, Macquarie is one of those places where people stay for a long time. Yes, yes, that is. Um, I'm 12 years myself, and uh, there are a lot of lot of people here much, much longer than that. <laughs> mm. And now the people themselves uh, who work at the group, uh, how well do they know the foundation and what sort of uh, effort do you need to put into making sure that people are, are, are well informed as to what's happening? And then if we go higher up in the hierarchy of the organization, um, how much buy-in is there from the, uh, the very senior leadership? Oh, great question. So I think one thing I've learned in my 12 years in the foundation is we can never take for granted um, that people know about the foundation. I think it's a constant um, job to be done. And I think anyone who runs a corporate foundation will know that, that there, there are always new people in the organization. Um, some people only tune in after a certain number of months in the organization because they're just getting up to speed. So our job to communicate uh, the messages of how you can get involved and the way the foundation can support you is never ending. And so we, we take that very, very seriously. And certainly, you know, we, we have had a lot of new starters. And so we, we, we're part of the induction and the, you know, it's something that's talked about right at the very beginning as you enter the organization. And, and, and actually, it's now even starting at the interview stage. So people are, A, they're starting to ask about it, but we're also putting that into all the recruitment. You know, it's a very big part of our recruitment strategy as well. Um, our social media campaign. So it starts kind of even, you know, the pipe, the funnel, it starts at the very beginning of the funnel. And then, you know, it's a thread that um, carries through and hopefully through your time as an employee. Um, your question about the senior levels of buy-in is a great one too. It's, it's amazing. We are so lucky at Macquarie to have incredible buy-in and support from our senior levels, mostly because a lot of them, have grown up with, with the foundation in our company. So as I said, because we've, we've always had this foundation, a lot of them are very long-serving executives. Our, this is our, our CEO executive committee and the executive directors. And so they have known about the foundation throughout their careers. And, we're, and a lot of them, I think, again, it's been role modeled from very senior uh, leaders from the very beginning of the, of the company that um, to be, you know, a, a good corporate citizen is also to be a good community citizen. And so that was something David Clark really believed in. And, and I think the leaders of the group have been, have really embodied that. Our, our current CEO, Shamara Wickramanayaka, was actually chair of the foundation for five years directly before she became CEO. And so um, you can't get better than that in terms of an advocate. Um, at, the, at the highest levels, and the current chair of the foundation is the CFO of the bank, Alex Harvey. So we're we're very um, very fortunate. Great. So you you always get a welcoming reception whenever you you <laughs> ask for something. You 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 get favorable uh, uh, favorable response. We definitely get the tough questions. Definitely get the tough questions, and we have to always um, you know uh, show that we're having impact. Of course, it's not a free ride, but it's certainly very we're very fortunate to be supported and and have that buy-in i think um that this is an important part of of who we are as a company i love it i love it now you're clearly enjoying the ride 
Um, what's been that? Tra- I I always want to find out about my guests. You know, how do they yes. end up where they are today? <laughs> and uh, I mean, our, our listeners can't see you, but I can see you through Zoom. You have a big smile, great vibe, great energy. <laughs> so you're enjoying what you're doing. How did you end up here? Because it sounds like a dream job. It is a dream job. I love my job. I have the, probably have the best job at Macquarie. <laughs> you know, my my journey is probably like a lot of people's. It was it was not exactly planned to get here. So I'm I'm a, uh, a, a an immigrant. I've been an immigrant my whole life. I was you know born in India. Immigrated to the U.S. Immigrated to Australia. So I've lived in in very many different places. And you know, I grew up my parents really gave me this social justice nerve and I really grew up um, wanting to work in this sector. And I started my career um, after undergrad and graduate school in the nonprofit sector, working for some amazing, um, an amazing social entrepreneur named Alan Casey, who's based, based in Boston. And then when I moved to Australia, I was very fortunate uh, to meet through Alan and another amazing social entrepreneur who you've had on your podcast, Michael Trail, mm. uh, who has been a, an incredible mentor and supporter for, uh, to me over the, the last 15 years that I've been in Australia. And that really set, you know, working at Social Ventures Australia, which he helped um, establish as the founding CEO, was my um, training ground of, of life and social impact in Australia. And Macquarie was a founding supporter of Social Ventures and was, in fact, it's been, I think, its longest um, and one of its biggest supporters over many years. And I had, uh, I came to know the foundation through that, through that job and did, did some work for the foundation. And one thing led to another and here I am. <laughs> and here you are. Where, where did you grow up in the U.S., out of curiosity? In Florida. Okay. Whereabouts? Uh, in a um, small town south of Tampa, and nothing like you would not have heard of it. So yeah. India, then a small town in Florida, Florida, and now, and now you're in Australia. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With a few stops in between, but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in terms of the landscape, because again, we touched on this a little bit earlier in in Australia. There's a lot of philanthropy, and it's an increasing level of philanthropy, and and and. Uh, mm. And social ventures as well. So I guess I guess you could say, uh, how do you how would you characterize the 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 layout of the land? And also, if we're looking at success for the next ten years, or at least let's say twenty thirty, which is the ta- target year for the sustainable development goals, uh, any views on that? Like, where would you like to see things um, move to and and happen? What would you like to see happen? Um, it's a great question. And I'm actually co-chair of Philanthropy Australia. So I I have a a double hat, which which I can answer that question. So I think in in the, you know, 15 or so years I've been in the sector in Australia, I've seen, you know, giving just just grow tremendously. And even from my um, vantage point in corporate philanthropy, you know, I've been always very... um, have always had an open door to other companies who want to come and talk to us about how we do things. And I've seen many companies um, set up foundations. And and so that segment in terms of corporate philanthropy has definitely grown, certainly in the last decade. And um, we have these lists that come out every year that, um, that talk about the top givers in corporate and high net worth. And I think a little bit of competition is always a good thing and, and kind of keeps, keeps people, um, uh, keeps showing that, that the sector is growing. So that's great. And I think 
Philanthropy Australia as a peak body has a uh, an ambition to double, you know, giving um, by by that kind of 2030 mark. And so I think that's very achievable. It's a it's a very fortunate country, and and I think um, a lot of people are thinking. You know, they see a lot of their peers and a lot of other companies doing this. And I think we'll, we'll see, um, I'm very optimistic that we'll see the growth of, of philanthropy, structured giving philanthropy um, even more. Yeah, absolutely. That whole philanthropy Australia, that could be a whole show in its own. <laughs> Too bad we only have half hour. Um, here's a question for you, which I always ask my guests. A key takeaway. What's that one thing for... Uh, that you'd love for the audience to keep in mind after they finished listening to today's episode? Yeah, so I think um, from a from a corporate foundation perspective, I think the, the real key to our success, pers- you know, personally speaking about us and our secret sauce is really that employee engagement. And I think trying to um, harness the passions and energies of, you know, the 18,000 plus employees that we have is is a huge joy. Uh, it's a huge challenge, but a huge joy. And I think um, the the leverage effect that we get from that, I mean, corporate philanthropy is such a unique kind of philanthropy when you compare it to family giving or individual giving. We do have all of these incredible talented people and different assets of a, of a corporate. So I think to the extent that if there are other corporates listening and you're you know, starting out or you've, you've set up a corporate foundation, I would really encourage others to really think about how you can leverage um, your employees um, to, to maximize your social impact. Because I think that's really been um, uh, one of our, our, the keys to our success. And like I said, our partners really appreciate it and, and often talk about, you know, sometimes the, 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 many-fold benefits that they get from having our employees involved. Here, here. Lisa, thank you very much for joining me and joining us on the Do One Better podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you, and thanks for making the time. I know it's a little bit late in the evening out there in Australia, so uh, I appreciate it very much. Thank you, Alberto. It's been an absolute pleasure. Perfect, and that's a wrap. Thanks very much for joining us today. You've been listening to a great chat with Lisa George, Global Head of the Macquarie Group Foundation. For information about this episode and almost 200 other interviews with remarkable leaders in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship, just visit our website at lidji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I.org. Please click that subscribe button and follow us if you're not doing so already, and leave us a rating and a review. It helps others to find the show as well. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thoroughly enjoyed producing this episode for you, and I'll catch you next week.